Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, Pastor Pablo Martinez will be inspiring you with a message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. Why don't we give Jesus a round of applause? Come on. Amen. All right, have a seat. Have a seat really quick. Tell the person next to you, welcome home. Uh, you look good at church. You look better at church than anywhere else. Um, I want to share with you, uh, obviously we're doing all our devotion. Raise your hand if you did your devotional this week. Raise your hand. Wave it. All right. Good job. Good, good. So the whole church is reading uh, the Bible every single day. And we're all reading this amazing, uh, just a program. It's, it's uh, certain Bible verses that have to do with uh, loving the people that don't know Jesus Christ. And uh, being the people that help them back to the cross. And uh, it's been amazing. I, I've seen... I think pretty much maybe 90% of the church is doing their devotional now for three weeks straight. And so it's amazing. It's incredible. A church that reads the Bible, it's always going to be prevented from becoming a religious church. Uh, the, very, the quickest way to become a religious person is by going to church and not reading the Word of God. Because then you understand all these principles and they're man-made and you think they just, they're lost, but there's no grace to it. But when the Word of God is in you, when you are hearing the Word of God... Uh, people don't have to push you to do it. God himself is speaking to you. And I believe that if you cannot hear directly from God, it's going to be really hard to hear from men. And so I just encourage you guys really, if you haven't, if you haven't uh, done it, it's okay. No worries. Pick it up this week. Uh, we're starting tomorrow. Today we read, jo we read John, uh, John 14. And it was an incredible, incredible part of the Bible. And uh, it talks about uh, when you go, normally I would read this verse uh, in a funeral, for example, or when somebody's going through a really, really hard time. But I realized as I was reading the verse this morning that it's not just for the funerals. It talks about in my father's house there's many, many, many dwellings. And it talks about these this rooms that, that God has reserved for us, for his kids. And he said, don't worry about it. I have reserved a place for you. And I remember when I, I just started thinking, when we moved into the, the house, my mom's house in Duarte, we moved from Arcadia to Duarte, and, and it was awesome because when we moved in there, the first thing the kids did, what do you guys think? There's three of us, there's four bedrooms, and the, my, mom's, oh, my mom's the master bedroom, like that's hers no matter what, my, you know? And so what do you think the other kids did? What's the first thing we did as we ran through the door? What? What, 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 what? Fighting? Nah, you guys do that, not my family. Nah, I'm just kidding. Nah, nah, nah. No, what, what do we do? What do we do? Choose a room, right? You run straight to the room. You throw your stuff in there. That's my room, right? That's my room. The one with the nice window, the one that's bigger, the one that doesn't have the big carpet stain on the floor. That's my room. Does that make sense or no, right? I think that's exactly what we see here. It is God saying there's so many rooms. It's a beautiful house. It's a mansion. There's mansions there. It's beautiful. And, and I, I couldn't help but remembering a specific story of a mama who we need to learn from. It's usually seen in the negative. It's found in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 through 21. Matthew 20, 20 through 21. And every time I heard a sermon about this or I read a commentary, it was always negative. Always like in the bad thing. And then I started reading it and I was like, man, this seems amazing. Like this is not a bad thing. This seems like a great thing. Check it out. This is, uh, we're going to call it Doña, Ce Doña, Doña Cebedeo. Doña, I don't know how to call her in English. Maybe uh, Mrs. Cebedee. Mrs. Z. How about that? Mrs. Z? Mrs. Z. Yeah, Mrs. Z. All right. So this is Zebedee's wife. So we don't even know her name. And I think the Bible is very intentional. And it doesn't say her name, I believe, because it represents the heart of just about every mother out there. 
And we have so much to learn from the heart of mothers. This week I've been a mom and a dad because Eunice in Colombia. She's actually traveling back already. Praise God. I get, I get help. Reinforcements are coming. Uh, they're like, how are you doing? I was like, I'm alive. It's good. How are the kids doing? They're alive. They ate more, more uh, hot dogs and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches this week than they have their entire lives. But they're happy and they know it. So clap your hands. All right. So they're, they're really, really, it was fun, man. It was really cool. Three boys in the house. It was just great. And... Uh, yeah, it was great. Okay, so Matthew chapter 2. I understand moms more than ever today. I'm so grateful for, for my wife. I'm so grateful for Pastor Eleni. She's another level. She's amazing. And um, yeah, she trained us pretty well. The house was clean. Mm-mm-mm. All right, here we go. So uh, verse 20. Then the mother of, so- of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons. This is just funny already. Bowing down and making a request of him. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, command that in your kingdom these two sons of mine may sit one on your right and one on your left. Let me put it like this. So this is Jesus, right? Uh, He's standing there. He's preaching. He's sharing the gospel. He's doing miracles. And this lady. Oh, yeah. We're recording. Sorry. sorry. Uh, And and this lady out of the blue, she just grabs like, you know, Marquitos, you know, one of her sons. And then give me another boy. Come here, Cristiancito. And Crisecito. And they just like, sí, siente, siente. no, 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 siente, siente. Ahí está. Right? The mom is right here. Is like, eh? Eh? the two sons. And, and Jesus is like looking at this lady. Okay, what's going on? He's like, hey, uh, Jesus, um, can I ask you for a favor? And you know how moms, they have this way of asking. You know, like, can you say yes before you know what it is? Uh, and so Jesus is looking at this lady like, okay. And these two big old kids, they're not kids. They're like grown men, you know, but to her, they're her babies. And so you're like, can you please have Crisecito and, and Marquitos, you know, just, just a small favor. Uh, can they sit one to your left and one to your right in the kingdom of heaven? Now, this is mama, okay. Mama's asking the Lord that her two kids would be hooked up in the kingdom of heaven. Like, and, and by the way, these guys are not like Moses and Elijah. You know, they're Marcos and Chris. You know what I mean? Like, they're the sons of Zebedee. We don't, they don't even tell them by name. Their names are not like, I mean, of course, we, once we study the Bible, we start finding out who they are. But you don't really know these people. If you just read that part, you just say, the sons of Zebedee. The sons of their father. You know, uh, there's no like, this guy. You know this guy? Yeah, that guy. No, it wasn't Peter. It wasn't John. Like, it wasn't by name. It was the sons of Zebedee. Now, just picture this with me, okay? And Jesus is put in a really difficult place. By the way, Jesus doesn't say no to her. He says, you know what you asked? Do you realize what you're asking me? You know how hard this is? But, you know, it's not up to me. It's up to God. So she didn't get a no, by the way. I don't know. Once we get there, we're like, well, what are you doing here? You know, my mom mom hooked me up. Have a seat really quick. Have a seat. So this is the story. This is where we are. Give our beautiful actors a round of applause. They're both single. They work. (laughs) And, uh, and they love God. Okay, cool, cool. So we have this, this, this mom who fights for her children. You want to get a mom to, you know, go crazy, just touch one of her kids. Right? They can pull their hair, but you touch one of their hairs, you're in trouble. Mama bear comes out. <laughs> Is it true or not? My mom, has, she doesn't scream. I'm telling you, I don't remember the last time my mom screamed. And, and I'm, before the Lord, I'm telling you, I do not remember the last time my mother screamed. I'm like, that sounds like an exaggeration. Not if you know my mom. She's chill. But, but I remember one time, I don't even want to tell you about it because it makes my mom look bad. But, man, this lady came, like, crazy on us. Like, she tried to, like, you know, uh, 
because she thought we had taken something from her boy, and her little boy got really mad. We were like seven years old. And I thought my mom was going to turn us into the authorities, which is that woman. But my mom stood up there in that door, and she's like, you don't step into my house. I was like, oh, yeah, ma, yeah. <laughs> and, and I saw my mom, like, take it to a whole other level. I was like, yes, it's crazy in there. I knew there was. But it's amazing because mom has this ability to defend her cubs, you know, the ability to defend her children. And this woman has this, this fighting for her kids. But check this out. This lady had just heard Jesus preach about this guy who hired a bunch of servants or a bunch of, you know, people that he hired. One was hired at 6 a.m., the other one at noon, the other one way later, the other one pretty much when the job was almost done. And he paid them all the same wages. So the mom just heard that and she's like, cha-ching, got it. It's not about how much they've done. It's not about how good they are, how people perceive them. It's about the grace of God. And so sometimes we feel or we think that God grades us on a curve or on a scale depending on how good the people around us are. And it's really not about how good we are, but how good he is. And so mom knew that she had the right to ask anything of this guy. His guy meaning Jesus. Everybody else, the Bible says that they were indignant. The whole crowd was mad. It's like... The crowd knew them. You know, the crowd's like, oh, I know Marcos. <laughs> you want him to sit on the right side? Do you know him? Do you know I went to school with him? You know, he put gum on my hair. You know what I'm saying? Do you know Marcos, really? Have you seen his tattoos? You know what I mean? Like, you know, they're not even like, they're misspelled. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just kidding. I'm playing. I'm playing. You know what I mean? It's just like, do you know these people? These people knew these people, right? They knew. They went to school with them. They knew, they knew the sons of Zebedee. You know what I mean? You son of Zebedee. Like they knew these guys. But Jesus, man, this is, this is what I absolutely love. The mom, the faith of a mother. That a mom sees someone and sees the best. And sometimes we as kids don't think that because they really want the best for us. And we don't believe that until it's too late almost sometimes. The way God sees us is the way a mother would see you. Now I have two boys and I was telling this story in the morning that I got them all ready this morning for, for church. No, I got myself ready for church first, which is a big mistake. Now I know why mom's wait. And so um, I got this kid out of bed. He was like saliva on his face, like milk cheese on the neck, mixed with like the stuff from the, from the, you know, from the blankets that comes off. And it just, it was gross. Yeah, lent with, lent, yeah, anyway. And then he got saliva. His breath is kicking. You know, my son has crazy hair, like cool hair. He's like curly. He's like just looking like this. And it's like, eh. And so I pick this kid up, and I grab him, I hug him, and when I look, my shirt is soaked in pee. I'm like, oh, really? I just showered. I got all suited, and I was like, ah, oh, this is horrible. I had to change, by the way. I'm not smelling like a, like a, like a mom's anointing here, you know? I, got a, I, I changed my shirt, and, uh, and I was just there, and I was looking like this kid is not smelling good. But you know what? Honestly, I couldn't help it. And when I saw it, I had two choices. One, dump him. Or the second one, just like, mwah, mwah, mwah. I just like attacked him with kisses. Mwah, mwah, mwah. He's like, ah, trying to pull away. I'm like, this is my boy. I'm just like kissing him. And I feel like just that's really the heart of a mother. That's the heart of God. That when he sees you and you are all messed up, not smelling good, not looking good at the moment, people see you and they're like, mm-mm. Now, I know that doesn't happen with you guys, but with the people outside of this church, right? But when you're not doing so well, when you're messing up or, or people judge you or, or and I, when I say people, I usually mean people that are closest to you because people far away from you don't really judge. They don't know enough, right? The people closest to us sometimes do, and, and it feels like, but I love this, this, this woman because she sees her kids and she sees them worthy of being close to Jesus. 
She is unworthy of sitting at the left and at the right. And I believe that us as parents, if you're a parent or if you're not a parent yet, um, I can tell you this, we need to have the faith for our children. We need to be able to see our kids and say, you know, I don't care what you've done. I don't care how far, it's, how far you're gone. I believe wholeheartedly you can be not just barely making it into heaven, but you could be next to Jesus Christ. I can believe you could be so close to Jesus that you can really touch him. Does that make sense? I know that most people see the outside, but God sees the inside. And so if you're a mom today, you're a dad today, you're the greatest prophet your kids have. You are the biggest chance they have at making it into heaven. If you are a mother, your prayer is so powerful. If you want something done, you ask a mom to pray. I'm telling you, the prayers of your mom have kept you alive. Some of you should be dead. Matter of fact, your mom's prayers, man, some of you should literally be dead right now. You shouldn't even be here. But your mom prayed you through some of the, man, you don't even know. I think when you get to heaven, you're going to rewind the tape and you're going to be like, wow. So that car missed me because my mama was praying for me. Does that make sense? Man, you mean to tell me I didn't end up in jail, not because I'm smart or because I'm lucky, but because my mom prayed me through this one. Does that make sense? All of us in here, we have to recognize that there's this person that believes in us when no one believes in us. Man, when the world looks at you and says, ugh. Because <laughs> if it was your kid in the morning, you wouldn't have done, you'd have been like, pastor, uh, I didn't sign up for this. Like Chris went to visit Elijah when he was born, and he was like, oh, I'll see you later, Pastor. He literally peed, pooped, all that stuff. It was birth, birth control, you know? Uh, like he just looked at it, he said, forget that. Like I'm just going to wait, and I'm not going to have anything ever again. Holiness came over his life. It was amazing. He was just like, now I know what you're talking about, right? It was amazing. How long did you last in my house that day? Ten minutes max. That's an exaggeration. Don't lie in church. Five minutes maybe, you know? Like, but I'm telling you, if it's your kid... You see it and you're like, well, it's my kid. There's nothing you can do that will get me away from you. Like, you, I just love you so much. And I can see the heart of God all over that mom's heart. This woman, she had the faith to believe when other people didn't. Other people became indignant. And I dare to say this, listen. They were indignant maybe because their mom didn't fight for them. What if it would have been their mom doing that? They would have been embarrassed but not indignant. Isn't it? What if they all had moms saying to Jesus, hey, can, no, can my son be next to you? I want to be that kind of father. I want my wife to be that kind of mom. We want to be those kind of parents that are always interceding for our children. That even to the point of embarrassment, that our kids know who they are in Jesus Christ. That they know, listen, that you, when people don't know, when people don't see, that you say, no, that's a pastor. Man, that's a prophet. No, this guy, pff, that guy? Yeah, that guy. I was telling, you know, someone uh, earlier that, when I was doing the dumbest stuff in, the dumbest stuff in my, my dumb period, we all have dumb periods. Maybe some of you guys don't, but I did. I have the dumb period. You know, that dumb period when I was, you know, you know partying, doing dumb stuff. Um, and it was dumb stuff on it. It was just dumb. Like, there was no need for dumping porta potties in people's lawns. Uh, you know what I mean? There was no need for the fights that we got into. But I remember this one time, there was this girl, her name was Nicole. She was so drunk. She was in the bushes. And she had fallen in the bushes, and everybody was laughing, just walking through. And the, the, the words of my mother kicked in my mind. You're a pastor. I never wanted to be a pastor. I'm probably here because my mom prayed me into it too. You know what I mean? Like, I'm telling you, like, I never, I studied psychology. I, I, I was making good money before. <laughs> I'm just kidding now. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, it was like the furthest thing from my mind. I would think of a pastor as a, a, a heavy set older man with a stain on the parking lot. That was my idea of a pastor. And I, when I would think of that, I would like, I don't want to be a pastor. But 
that, that word that my mom kept on saying to me, you're a pastor of multitudes, you're a pastor, you're a pastor. Here's my pastor. I'm like, who? Do you know who I am? You know? And I remember that time. I'm like, I'm not the same. I don't fit into this crowd. And the reason why I felt like I never fit in is not because I couldn't be like them. I could fight better than some of those guys. I can do all the things they could do. But the difference was, the difference was that somebody spoke a difference into me. Somebody said, you're not of this world, though you look like the world, but you're not of this world. And see, that's the, the beauty of the faith words of a mother. And at that moment, everything began to shift inside of me. Now, I'm not going to tell you everything became perfect. But instead of me going out back in the house, laughing, drinking with all these guys, I began to minister to this girl. She started crying. She received Jesus, gave her life to Christ right there and then in Monrovia. Listen, give God a shout of praise. Why not? Because that's what God does. But if my mother would have said, you're just like them, you're like the rest of them, uh-uh. Mama said, Jesus, come here. He has a place with you, right? Like, she has a, he has a place with you. If you're a spiritual parent, if you have, you know, disciples, people you're working with, you need to have that same heart. If you're a mom or a dad, I know it looks difficult sometimes. It's discouraging. Because I get moms calling me and saying, obviously, you see something that I don't. And I can tell you this, moms, dads, don't lose heart. Don't lose faith. I know they look rebellious. I know they look jerk, you know, like jerks, like they don't understand anything. But your words are not speaking into who they are, but into who they will be. Amen. Amen. You're not speaking into their past. You're speaking into the future. Amen. And so if you're here today and you're a son, would you give your mom a big round of applause because she prayed you through a lot. If your mom is not alive anymore, like my dad passed away, I can thank and honor my dad with my life, not just with my words. So the best way to honor your parents is this. Jensen Franklin has an amazing sermon, and I don't, I want, I'm not going to preach it. I want you guys to hear it in your own time. It's about 28 minutes. And he says, seven things to honor your mom. The, the title literally is Jensen Franklin, How to Honor Your Mother. And I thought it was beautiful. I'm not going to explain them. I got another point, not these, but these I just want to read them out to you. First one, love your mother unconditionally. Amen, right? Hug her affectionately. If she's near you, give her a hug. No, you're too cool. Okay, next one, help her cheerfully. Right? Help her cheerfully. Not just help her, like help her cheerfully, which is a big gap, big difference. Don't elbow your kids if you're next to them. Next one, remember her gratefully, meaning just remember her. Give her a call. Send her a text message. Be kind towards her, like gratefully, you know. Uh, understand her sympathetically. Understand her sympathetically. Listen to her attentively. Don't just hear her. Listen to her attentively. Last one, remind her how much she is needed. We think that just because she can't work or, you know, when she gets older. I could see my mom, she's getting older and older. And just because she cannot work like she used to work doesn't mean she can't pray like she used to pray. Matter of fact, she can pray even harder and more now. I believe, man, her, prayer, her prayers have so much anointing. When we have an issue, when we have something we're dealing with uh, that we cannot, you know, that we need prayer for, we go to my mom. We go to Pastora Laura. We go to Pastor Jorge. We go to our spiritual parents. Do you know how needed they are? If you're a mom, you will never stop being needed. I'm telling you right now, moms, we need you so much. I mean it right now wholeheartedly. If you're here and you're a mom, we need you so much. Moms, you will never stop being needed. Amen? Give the moms one more round of applause if you guys wouldn't mind. It's another thing that the mom, the mom had such high expectations. She didn't just say, hey, Jesus, can they just get a little place in heaven? Can they get into heaven? Can you please not, like, send them to hell? Because I know they deserve it. You know what I mean? Like, by the way, check this out. This woman 
didn't say, let them be just, you know, good or, or, or great. Or the left and the right. You know what that means? They lived in a kingdom. And so a kingdom is not like a democracy where you and I are like, you know, we voted our president in. And if we don't like him, we want to impeach him. We have all this freedom to say all the stuff we want to say. I get it. We live in a democracy. A kingdom is a little bit different. The kingdom means we didn't elect you. You are the boss. You are the king. And that's it. And the people that are next to you have such authority. The one on the right is usually the counselor. The one who counsels a person for war, meaning is usually the general, the chief of the armies. Does that make sense? The one on the left is usually, believe it or not, this sounds crazy, but it is the best friend, the one who they trust, the one who watches his back. These are people of authority. These are not just anybody. These are the people that have earned the right to be there. These are people that have worked in the kingdom and are probably seen as worthy of standing next to the king. Let me ask you this. This is an, a very important question. What expectations do you have for the next generation? That's a great question. What expectations do you have for the next generation? I don't want my kid to just show up at church. I want my kid to serve the Lord. I don't want my kid to just not do drugs. What kind of expectation is that? That's a mediocre expectation. Can I be real with you? You are saying, as long as he graduates, are you kidding me? Maybe a college will be named after him. That's a whole nother expectation. Amen? Instead of saying, yeah, my son, he come to church with me. No, no, you're going to be a man of God and you're going to change your generation. That's completely different. That's, that's the mama heart. That's saying, I believe that what the world is telling you, what you're telling yourself is nowhere near, nowhere near what God has for you. Listen, this woman said, let them sit to your left, to your right. People became indignant. They were like, uh-uh. I like that word, indignant. Like, they were just, like, angry. They were like, forget this. These guys don't deserve to be there. We talked about it already. But what dared her to do that? What is it that she had in her? And I think that mom saw her kids as leaders. Mom saw her kids as leaders, as commanders, as as, as chiefs, you know, as generals of armies. How do you see your kids? And how do you see the people that are next to you? How do you see the next generation? I think some people say that the, your generation is the most selfish generation. The next generation. That's the generation. What are you guys, millennials? Is that most of you are millennials? Some of us are like old and you're just millennials. You know, they say that you're the me generation. The generation doesn't give a rip. Only about your phone. That's what they say about you. And I say, absolutely not. You're the one that's going to change absolutely everything. You're the generation that will change everything. Let me tell you why. Not because you're awesome. Stop clapping. Stop real quick. Not because you're awesome. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the king that you have. He is your Lord. He is your Savior. And you're unafraid and unashamed. And you have great shoulders to stand on. Parents of men, prayers. Parents that love you, parents that see you and don't expect less than the best from you. I want to always expect the best out of every single spiritual child that comes in through this house. We don't want disciples. We want disciple makers. Very different. Disciple somebody who learns and follows. A disciple maker is somebody who must not just learn, not just follow, but then reproduce whatever is being put inside of them. That is the vision of this church. This is the third service. Friday night, we have a Friday service. 9 a.m., we have another service. And at 12.30, this is your service. We don't do church to fill church. We don't care. I'm telling you this for real. This is why sometimes I sound offensive. Because it's not about you attending church. You are the church. 
you are the we are the church and if we don't change as sons and daughters and as fathers as mothers who cares what we do here on Sundays this should be a celebration of the lifestyle that we're living during the week amen the only way to do that is by faith it is not by what we learn I know doctors that have gotten divorced I know just about every owner of the company from the 605 to the 57, from the 210 to the 10. I canvassed that entire area for the longest time. I sat with so many that were so broken, their families were, were literally trashed while their companies were taking over entire blocks. What does it profit a man to win the whole world if he loses his soul? This woman knew that. She knew that what she wanted, what she really wanted, was her children to inherit the kingdom of God. Is that still what we want? For them to inherit the kingdom of God. She had big expectations. She had this desire to see her kids with authority. I encourage you all today to ask yourself, is it about me or is it about the next generation? I'm going to close with this. A mom's heart is sacrificial. Now that I'm being mom and dad for just one week, I feel like it's been one entire decade. You know, uh, and I feel like, man, it... I haven't had any time for myself, like, at all. You know, I have my weight set in the, in, the, in the garage that I'm waiting. Last night, I was, like, at 1 in the morning, finally able to, like, and then I did it, like, two sets. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm just going to go to bed. You know, I was trying to do some dumbbells, and I was like, these are heavy. Nah, I'm not going to do this. This got even heavier now that I'm a mom. You know, like, and I was just so tired. You know, I haven't been able to work on the car. I got this old, cool car that I want to work on, and I just, just looking at me like, what about me? He's my third child. He ain't got no attention. You know, uh, there's, there, I haven't had a chance to do. Okay, listen, don't tell Oni, but I got a PS4 while she was away. Okay, so, <laughs> but that's for the kids. It's for the kids. It's not for me. It's for the kids. And so I got, you know, uh, <laughs> World War II, uh, Call of Duty, and I got FIFA 18 there sitting there just looking at me like, come on, bro. You know, and I, I, I turned it on one night, and I was just like, oh, I'm tired, man. I'm going to bed. I could not play the game. It's brand new. It's sitting there. I'm like, I can't play the game because it's for Elijah, of course. But I can't play the game because I'm so tired. I'm like, dude, seriously, yeah, my devotionals are on par. Prayer has been there. But I can't. I don't have time for me. I realized moms are like that. Like, they're so selfless. And I thought I was selfless until, until I saw that. I was like, man, this is amazing how moms just really give and give and give and give, and give, and give, and give, and when they don't, and we pull, and we pull, and they give, and they give, and they give, and then when they get tired, they give, right? In the morning, at night, all day, all week, all the time, they give. They're great givers. I feel like this really is the heart of God, and I, I just praise God for moms today. Maybe you could say, my mom's not here today, but your mom left you here today. Does that mean, well, I'm not here. Well, God used your mom to put you here. I saw something so beautiful that when my house was clean, I looked around. I was like, I felt so accomplished. But then I realized it was Eoni who trained us. I could, she didn't have a whistle like, you know, or like candy or, you know, or a whip. She trained us. The crazy, I didn't even notice when it happened. It was so seamless, the transition. It was so wise. I was like, wow, it's like classical conditioning. My mouth was salivating. Every, you know, it's like, it was amazing. She did it through encouragement. Like, I can tell you this. My Eoni says, I, I'm just going to finish the good work my mother-in-law started. 
That's, <laughs> that's what she says. But when I looked at the house and she set these parameters for us to do. I know where the keys go. I know where everything goes. Everything has a place. It's amazing. Before, everything didn't have a place. Now everything has a place. Did you guys know everything has a place? Yeah? Some of you guys, really, Pastor? Revelation. My life is changing right now. <laughs> Moms are preach it, Pastor, preach it. Everything has a place. And now that she's not here for a week at least, everything has been in its place. The bed is made. The keys are hanging. I don't have to look for them for half an hour because they have a place. It's weird. It's cool. It's like, now what do we do? Did you know, this is the coolest thing, that sometimes moms, and, and not just moms, I know dads do too, but moms in particular, they try to set parameters for us, not for them to feel good about them so that when they're not here anymore, your life doesn't fall apart. Can I just say that again? Parents set parameters for us, not so that we, they just feel good about themselves and you can clap on, oh, my gosh, you're such a good mom, but so that when they're not here, your life doesn't fall apart, so that your life doesn't become a big old mess. And I can tell you this, sometimes we say, nah. And while she's there, we're like, eh. But I promise you, should you learn it, should you learn to live it, those parameters that God has given her to give to you, they'll save your life, man. They'll save you time. They'll bless you so much. I don't want to sound like a mom right now, but I will. <laughs> and I'm telling you this, this really is the greatest blessing you have. Somebody who believes in you when no one does. When you don't believe in you, she's believing that you could be worthy of being a leader in the kingdom of God. Let me pray like this. Um, sacrifice is what really brings all this whole thing together, right? A mom without sacrifice is a son. <laughs> a mom without sacrifice is what? It's just somebody who gave you birth. A few weeks ago, um, I saw, you know, I saw one of the, the coolest things happen, and that is that Frank and Alba, they're back there. They adopted, they adopted one of the cutest babies in the world. And they're amazing parents, by the way. They're only three weeks into it, but they're doing great. Two weeks? One week? Or... It feels like seven weeks. But <laughs> one week only? That was Friday, huh? Holy chamoli. Okay, so one and a half weeks. One week. One week. Friday. One week and two days. Okay, one week. And, uh, and oh, then we're, you're not tested yet. Then you got to wait. We, I'm not going to say what I'm going to say. No, 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 really. It's amazing because as I see Alba, it's like in her. It's just who she is. Like she's not like having to read a book. Oh, my gosh, how do I do this? Like, you know, we thought, I think she thought, like, I need a lot of help, guys. But I'm telling you, God put it in her to be carrying Frank is snoring at night. And I'm like, Alba, just put earplugs on. And she's like, but then, then I won't hear the baby. I'm like, that's such a mom. Like, you're a mother. That is such a mother thing. To, you know, God put it in you to be loving and caring. God put it in all of us. Like, I mean that 100%. Now, I, I just encourage you and, and encourage myself even as, as I say this, that we don't see sacrifice as something that expects a reward, but sacrifice is rewarding itself. Like, sacrificing is already an incredible reward. I think sometimes we expect somebody to applaud or somebody to say, you're doing great. But I think that the fact that we're sacrificing, the fact that we're doing something, should already be the greatest reward that we get. Amen? Yeah. Let me tell you a story about this and how a mother's heart is just so amazing. It's a true story. His name is Solomon Rosenberg. Him and his wife and two kids, they were arrested and they were placed in a Nazi concentration camp. You could imagine it's World War II. Every evening, Rosenberg came back into barracks after his hours of labor and searched for the faces of his family. 
When he found them, they would huddle together, embrace one another, and thank God for another day of life. As you know, you would only stay alive if you could work. That's the way concentration camp, camps work. If not, you'd be taken to the gas chambers. And so there was these two, two boys. One of them was David. And the other kid's name was Ryan, Josh. And Josh was not strong enough. One of these days, the father came home. Or the father came back to the barracks and looked at David crying in the corner. And he didn't find Josh. And he said, Dave, where's Josh? And Josh, this is a, 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 a true story, and tells his dad, Josh was taken. Josh is not here anymore. And the father, Rosenberg, began to cry, and he said, what about your mother? Where's your mother? He said, Josh was so scared when he was being taken. And she stood up and said, don't be afraid. I'm coming with you. And she walked into the gas chamber with her son, Josh. What I'm telling you right now is not a fable. It's the heart of a mother. A mother that says, I don't care what you're going through. I'll go through it with you. And I just encourage you, and, and I really invite you to say, Lord, thank you for the parents that I have that are not perfect, but I thank you because no matter what, they are there for me. They will always be there for me. And guess what? There's going to be a moment and there's going to be a time where you have to emulate that heart, where we cannot just be takers. We have to become givers. And we have to say, I'm willing to go through something with you. This church will not work unless we have that same heart. The, up, the level the, that we want to operate in of discipleship and commitment, not religion, not Sunday Christianity, but a genuine heart for the lost will not work without this heart. What I ask you guys to do is close your eyes for a second, just a second. What people are looking for is not just excellence. They're looking for genuine. And the reason is because at home, most of you here, more than cars, more than houses, you wanted a genuine love. I did too, and I still do. Every day that I come home, I don't want a fake Sunday marriage. I want a family that is true every single day of the week. Did you know the world doesn't need another mega church? The world needs mega hearts. The world needs people with a heart for the lost, with a heart for those that would never stand in front of Jesus unless you bring them. Some of you were brought here. I get it. There's a difference between going to church and being taken to church. You didn't come to church, some of you. I know. I didn't go to church for the longest time. My mama brought me. You know, I praise God for those moments. She's not here to take me anymore. And I thank God for those times. Because watching Real Madrid and Barcelona was not going to get me to be a better husband. Because sitting at home and pretending like I'm doing something important would never bless my children. There's a moment and there's a time and a place to thank God and praise God for the pushes and the shoves, the kicks even for some of you and pinches. And I just encourage you to say, God, I thank you for my mother. I thank you for what she's done for me. If she's not here right now or if she's not here, you just got to praise God for the inheritance you received. You have to be able to say, God, thank you because you put people in my life that exemplify your love to me. That you refuse to see me mediocre life, with a mediocre life. You refuse to see me in the world. God, I thank you because you have reserved something so special for me. I want to tell you this as you pray right now. I'm going to invite you to accept Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. 
The reason is this, because I believe wholeheartedly that you can do nothing without him, that you are nothing without him. As much as the world tells you with a bunch of self-help books and all kinds of beautiful shows on TV that you are amazing and you're incredible. Yes, God made you amazing. God made you incredible. But the Bible says, aside from me, you can do nothing. There's not many ways to heaven. There's only one. He said it. Either he's a liar or he's the Lord. And he said, I am the only way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father but through me. You see, this is the most narrow-minded thought or the most loving, kind, and graceful thought. That he has his arms nailed wide open saying to you, come to me. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been or what's been done to you. You are welcome here. Jesus, we thank you so much because you exemplified the heart of a mother. Because you had that wonderful, loving, caring heart that while we were crucifying you, you were saying, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. If you're here and you want to give your life to Christ, I'm going to invite you to simply pray a prayer that is not magical. It's a prayer of faith that you will have to live out, but you won't be alone to do it. Tell them, Jesus Christ, this morning I give you my life. I ask you for forgiveness for all my sins. Forgive my rebellion and my sin. It is mine and mine alone. I don't blame other people for it. It is mine. Jesus, I thank you because you died for my sins. You died instead of me. I give you my heart and I give you my life. Would you change me and make me the person that you want me to be? I want to follow you. I want to know you more every single day of my life. With your eyes closed, I want to tell you just two more verses. And then we'll all go to our home, celebrate, or to the restaurants. With your eyes closed, I want you to hear something. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 to 3 says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. So that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. This is a commandment with promise. It says, honor your father and your mother so that it may be well with you. You know, Jesus knew that promise because it's part of the Old Testament. And as Jesus is being crucified, he's hanging on the cross. In the last seconds, the last minutes of his life. According to John 19, 26... Jesus looked from the cross at the disciple whom he loved that was standing right there. And he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, behold your mother. From that hour, the disciple took her into his household. Jesus knew how to honor his mother. In the midst of crucifixion, Jesus knew that his mother could not be left alone. She needed to be cared for. And so he chose the one who loved them most and said, you will take care of my mom. When I'm not here, you will love her and you will care for her. You will love her as you love me. And the most wonderful thing is that he didn't stop there. Then he tells, man, he tells Mary, there's John. Now, all your wisdom, all your love, all your grace, all that you've given to me, now you're going to give it to my beloved disciple. Here, you can keep on pouring. Dear God, I thank you, Jesus, because you didn't just talk about things. You taught them to us. You lived them out. Help us to be honoring towards our parents, God, that whenever they need us, we are there for them, that we're not just religious people, that we know how to love and care for those that carried us for a long time. Dear God, I pray right now for those sons and daughters that are dishonoring, that think they have nothing to learn and nothing to get from them. 
that they can learn from this beautiful example that says there is wisdom here. I know it's not the way I want to hear it, but it is something I need. Dear God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you because you speak. I thank you because you're changing our lives, not into self-centered, not into people that think that the world is about them and should serve them, but rather it is much more than that. It is your world. We're living in it, God, and we want to see it come to your feet. In your name we pray. Amen.